Ladies and gentlemen. What you gonna do? Brother, 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 brother. Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is Saturday. No, it's now Sunday. It is officially 12, almost 12.30 in the morning, so it's uh, Sunday, October 25th. So last night was Impact's Big Bound for Glory pay-per-view, their biggest pay-per-view of the year. And this is our review of it. Uh, typically, you know, Impact is Ryan and Angelo for the Ryan and Angelo's Impact Power Hour, which you can find all the previous episodes, too, uh, if you just click the podcast feed. Um, but Angela's not here, but me and Joey are here. Uh, so we are going to be talking about the Bound for Glory pay-per-view. And then as a bit of a bonus, the, we're not just doing Bound for Glory. At the end of this episode, we'll also be doing our, our little review for Borat's subsequent movie film, which is Borat <laughs> 2. So Electric you, Boogaloo, baby. So if you care for our thoughts on the sequel to Borat, uh, stick around after the Impact review is done. And we'll talk about that. If not, and you're just here for Impact, that's totally fine. But we did watch Borat 2 before this pay-per-view, so we figured why not just tack it on here like we did for The Kissing Booth 2 when we watched that together. So, uh, yeah, so Bound for Glory first, and then we'll be dealing with Borat's subsequent movie film. Uh, before we get into it, I'm Pat. I'm Ryan. And I'm Joey. Uh, you can be sure to like subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Uh, we are on Apple Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, TuneIn, Breaker, Overcast, and Google Play. So you have options. So please, please, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. We really appreciate there it. There's no excuse. No, no excuse. excuse. Uh, also be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. You can find the links to those three things in the episode description. Uh, you know, just we'd appreciate that as well. So without further ado, I'm going to toss it to Ryan since he is our resident impact ex- ex- uh, expert. Sorry, uh, struggling to speak. And Ryan's going to lead us through the Bound for Glory review as we go through our thoughts. So, Ryan, it is your show. Yeah. And not only am I our resident impact guy, I am also the current reigning, defending, undisputed, w- deep six interim spelt i-n-t-e-r-m not like normal like that uh Mm -hmm. champion uh because i got the predictions right and rob's a little bitch for not putting the title on the line (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and as the resident law person uh also rob threw out the challenge when we were like okay we're not gonna do every wwe pay-per-view anymore rob said that whoever's champ should defend at all the major pay-per-views of the shows we follow. And I was like, sure, let's do that. We all agreed to this. And then Rob wins the damn title. And Rob's like, you know what? Bound for Glory isn't isn't big. Hell in a Cell, though. Hell in a Cell is bigger than Bound for Glory. But I'm still not going to put the title on the line. No, 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 no. I'm Rob, and I, I, I need weeks off from predicting things that actually mean something for me. Uh, Pat, credit to Pat, when Pat won the title at, what was it, All Out? Clash of Champions. Clash of Champions, my bad. Uh, You immediately put the title on the line 
for the G1 predictions. <laughs> no, I would like to uh, put a little asterisk here. Uh, midway. I, I, yeah, I have yeah, won the midway. title of Clash of Champions, and I put the title on the line uh, midway through the G1. It might have been more than just midway. No, no, no. It was, it was, it was I think like it was the second week of the, or first yeah. week of the tournament. Um, but it was, you know, after we had done predictions. So when we did our fir- our predictions initially, there was no stakes involved. So you could have gone all loosey goosey with your predictions. I um, believe we had put up that if the wi- the winner would get like an extra lottery pick for Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, probably. Um, so, oh well. But uh, yeah. So, um, like Ryan said, though, Rob is not putting the title on the line for Hell in a Cell. To be devil's advocate here, if Rob did put the title on at Hell in a Cell and Ryan did predict Hell in a Cell and lost, Ryan would claim that the WWE was fucking on him. So, no, I mean, no to, matter- be, to be fair, WWE has been fucking on me, uh, and it, this is now a this this is a conspiracy that has multiple levels now. Uh, Rob has joined in on this because you know Rob Rob texted today after I called it out that he didn't put it on the line. He says that uh, impact doesn't matter to him, so that's why he wouldn't put it on the line. And you know what? Uh, we do more uh, stuff on this channel for uh, for impact than we do for WWE. I'm pretty sure we get more listeners for our impact reviews than we did our NXT reviews. So also uh, hashtag fuck WWE. Um, so this is a multi-layered thing. Um, uh, I'm not crazy. You're crazy. Um, and as the client, as, as the advocate, advocate <laughs> of the interim spelled I N T E R M deep six champion. I approve this message. Yeah. Pat questions it. He doesn't care. Either way. Yeah, truthfully, I could give two shits. Uh, you know, I I see both sides of the argument. Impact the show that barely any people watch. No offense if you're listening to this. Obviously, we did support the show. We did buy it tonight. Um, and we did buy Slammiversary earlier this year and watch that as well. And as Ryan said, we have been covering Impact since then, uh, a weekly show. But it has a very small audience compared to other shows. Um, and to be fair, the majority of our group does not pay attention to Impact results. It's mainly Ryan and Angelo. Me and Joey are around and have watched impact, but we don't actively keep up with it. Um, and then for WWE, same thing kind of goes. Rob is the only one who actually cares about WWE, but like Sam, Jake, all of us have knowledge of WWE, uh, compared to like impact where, like I said, multiple times tonight, if I were to ask Sam and Ange or Sam and Jake to name one person on the impact roster, I don't think they could. Uh, I'm so. sure Sam could. I, you're you're pushing it there. <laughs> He'd probably say James Storm, and you know what? After tonight, he's not, he might he's not be on right. the roster. I don't think he's on the well, roster, we'll, buddy. We'll find out later. Anyway, uh, so that's that's that. So Ryan, if you want to take us into the paper, absolutely. So, uh, we did not watch the pre-show match. Uh, that was the that was added yesterday or Friday. Um, it is the it was the Deaners, uh, Cody and cousin Jake versus. Uh, the Rascals, Dez, and Wentz. And you might be saying, but Ryan, you guys said on Tuesday that they were part of the, or Cousin Jake and Cody were part of the gauntlet match. And yeah, I did say that because they were advertised for it. They were on the two teams that uh, two weeks ago 
Josh Matthews and Madison Rain pointed out uh, were part uh, were the ten people that had been announced for the tour, uh, the match, uh, the Call Your Shot Gauntlet match, uh, and then uh, I had pointed out that I saw on Twitter and uh, like on the official match card that they had they were not being advertised anymore and in their place were AC Romero and Larry D. And I was like, well, that's weird. And then this week cousin Jake was in the match for uh, finding out who would be the first entrant and who was the 20th entrant. And so I assumed that, yeah, cousin Jake and Cody must still be in this match because the, you know, they're, they're, they're cousin Jake's at least trying to be number one or number 20. Um, but nope, neither of them were in this, the Call Your Shot gauntlet. Instead, they were moved to the pre-show for this match. Uh, so myself, Pat, Joey, and Angelo all did predictions for this. All of us assumed the Rascals. Joey went as far as saying if the Rascals lose to the Deaners uh, on the pre-show, there's I, I fear for the, uh, the Rascals. Something along those lines. The Rascals did lose <laughs> to the Deaners. <laughs> um which I guess uh-huh. is is the Deaner's reward for getting knocked out of the Call Your Shot gauntlet match um, was them <laughs> beating the Rascals. Um, I think this this was odd. Uh, I don't know. I did not watch the match. But just going off of how in, Impact is, uh, the Rascals have been treated somewhat seriously um, with them like having like a mini feud with the Good Brothers just because the Good Brothers – didn't like them for some reason. Um, and uh, they also had multiple matches with uh, the Motor City Machine Guns uh, for one uh, non-title match at Slammiversary and another one on regular impact where the Motor City Machine Guns put the title on the line because they thought that the Rascals deserved it. And, of course, the Rascals lost both times, but they aren't the Deaners who are literally a comedy group. Um, so yeah, uh, I do have to say though, that, uh, cousin Jake, as I said on Tuesday is easily the second best comedy wrestler in impact. Um, and, uh, also my second favorite person, uh, to just watch weekly. Um, and yeah, uh, Who's the? Uh, I'm assuming Swingers. Is Absolutely, one? Johnny Swingers. I just wanted to clarify because you said for people who haven't listened. Yeah, before, that's you fair. Be, you know. Yeah, Johnny Swinger okay. uh, is the goat of goats. Um, I would put Johnny Swinger on par with Toriano as the best comedy person in the entire wrestling business. Um. Okay. Yes. Uh, so uh, what we did watch on the pre-show was. Uh, we did have the uh, induction into the Impact Hall of Fame for Ken Shamrock, the most dangerous man in the world, uh, or the world's most dangerous man. Uh, and he was inducted by The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It is a weird world where it is 2020, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson is on Axis TV for the Impact pre-show for Bound for Glory. Um but he did a good good speech about uh, how Ken really gave uh, The Rock a chance uh, when he was still just like Rocky Maivia. 
and the first and then also the first iteration of the rock when he was just starting out um when uh vince mcmahon he, he did name drop vince uh went to ken and asked ken to be the rock's first big feud uh and he said that Ken had enough pull that he could have said no. He could have said, "I want a world title shot. I want like a bit. I want bigger guy names." But he said no. He wanted to help The Rock, and he said, "Without Ken Shamrock, there would be no Rock the way we know him today." Um, as somebody who didn't watch wrestling in the '90s, um, I, I I didn't know that. Uh, I don't know how many people could would be able to say, "Yeah, I knew that." Um, so good on Ken Shamrock. Uh, it was weird seeing Ken Shamrock being all nice guy, obviously out of character for this. Um, also weird to hear Vince's name dropped on an Impact show, but it's Impact. They really do not care about the other brand companies because, as we've said before, they are normally the lowest rung, lowest on the totem pole of the major wrestling companies. So it's not like I wouldn't. I, would, I wouldn't say it's normally it's just that they are. Yeah. Um, what do they have to lose? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the only company that has a TV deal that's lower than them are probably MLW because they're like only on select TV channels or TV providers. And I would and, argue MLW is more popular. Uh, MLW still does their shows on YouTube. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Uh, and Ring of Honor. Um, Solely because that's basically just an East Coast thing at this point, uh, with it just being on Sinclair Broadcasting, um, and not being on a channel that's like nationwide or even worldwide. No, they have their they have their streaming service. They've honored. Oh well, I mean, I, do they put their weekly shows up on there? I believe so, oh, okay. and you can also watch their weekly shows on Fight. Gotcha. Anyway, uh, that would take us to the main card, and. Uh, we started off the main card with it was the six-way, six-way scramble, scramble. Uh, and uh, this was the six-way scramble for the X Division title. Uh, it was TJP versus Jordan Grace versus Chris Bay versus Willie Mack versus Trey Miguel versus the champ Rohit Raju. Uh, going into this, uh, our predictions were uh, all four or. Angelo had TJP, Joey had Chris Bay, and myself and Pat had Jordan Grace. None of us had Rohit Raju. Uh, nobody had Willie Mack. Nobody had Trey. And so we're, we go into this match. Uh, I had pointed out on the podcast on Tuesday that they weren't advertising it as a scramble, like tra- a traditional scramble, but they kept on saying it on the um, – on like TV and on the match card that it was a scramble. It was not a scramble like the old hardcore title where you had a time limit and whoever came out on top at the end of the time limit was the champ. Um, this was just a straight up six way match. Um, and I thought this was probably the right call to start the show off, but I thought, I, I think I had higher expectations for this match because of the amount of talent in here. Uh, it wasn't a bad match, but it was a very strange match. Um, just I felt like it went by very quick. Um, how about you guys? Um, I mean, I, I like this. Um, 
I didn't, I didn't, this is, this was, it was, I thought it was a strong start to the show. Uh, You know, you bring up the old championship scramble and I think I would have probably preferred them to bring that back for this. I thought it would have been a a cool, interesting thing for the X. I I think that would be, I think it would make it a more fun match. Yeah. Those matches are always fun just because, you know, everybody's fighting for winning the title and you can do a lot of fast paced stuff here. Um, At the end of the match, though, it it was really solid stuff. Um, You know, notable spots here was when TJP put pretty much everybody except Rohit Rohit, um, in a submission hold. Uh, That was cool to see. And then Jordan broke it up and got on uh, TJP. And then Rohit came in and attacked them all. Um, There was there was a lot of dives to the outside, as expected. Uh, Chris Bay had a big one with, uh, I think it was Trey? Yes. Uh, like, o- over the middle rope and then dove out to everybody. And then, um, obviously, the ending, TJP had Jordan Grace in the knee bar, and then Trey Miguel came in and got put in it, and then uh, Jordan hit her, like, senton. And... Um, hit the Grace driver. Yeah, hit the Grace driver. That didn't win, and eventually Rohit Raju came into the ring and uh, stole a victory here, which, uh, spoiler, uh, you know, very unexpected for all of us, obviously. Yeah, I, didn't, I did not see Rohit walking out as champ. Um, you know, I'm sure many counted him, him out. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> one other spot that I thought was really cool. Um, so George, uh, Rohit Raju put uh, Jordan in the old Alberto Del Rio uh foot stomp position where they're like hanging in the tree of woe. Um, And then Trey Miguel and TJP both got into, or I think it was Trey and TJP. It might've been Trey and Chris Bay uh, jumped up uh, to attack Rohit. And then from the tree of woe position, Jordan suplex or like kind of threw them all, all three of the guys uh, off. Uh, for like a superplex, which yeah, I thought was, was really, really cool. cool. Um, because I know that like when Del Rio used to do that spot, we always complained uh, that that was just a s- awful spot for like other people to take because you have to hold yourself up. For yeah, that. like why would you hold your yeah? Why, um, why would you but hold the, yourself I, up? Yeah, but she held herself up for a while in this position, um, and then there was an actual payoff. Um, so I think that was that was very cool. Uh, it's a spot I have never seen before, and I like spots that have a good payoff that I haven't seen before. Yeah. Um. Uh. So. So yeah. Um. I liked it. Nothing special. There's been greater X division Absolutely. matches, and mm-hmm. I, you know I don't have anything against Rohit Raju, but I don't really care about him. I. Uh, so. I don't really care about him retaining the X division title. Pretty much would have had anybody else in this match yeah. win. I think um, he's a he's a very effective heel. Um, he's a very yeah. like the way that he won this match made sense. He was it was a very like slimy, snaky type way. Like he just came out of nowhere to win it uh, and let everybody else pick up the damage or do the damage to help him get the mm-hmm. win. Yeah. Um, and. Afterwards, uh, Josh Matthews and Don Callis, who were on the call, uh, fuck Josh Matthews. He was really bad on the show, like normal. <laughs> um, Josh Matthews says, "Has has Rohit beat ever or eliminated all of his competitors in the X division? Because basically, the entire X division has now lost because they basically haven't 
have a very small uh, window of X division uh, talent. Um, but it does make me think that we're going to get some, maybe a new face in there. Maybe uh, an ace Austin goes back down to it. Maybe we get a new debuting person who knows. Uh, but the way they phrase that d- does make it seem like something's coming. Uh, and I don't see Rohit's reign lasting much longer. Uh, so, as I said, who we chose already, none of us got that right. Uh, after this, it put us to the... This was the, the gauntlet match right after, right? Yeah, uh, uh-huh. so before the gauntlet match, uh, sorry, uh, we have... Uh, Josh Matthews says, we have a wedding to get to even though the wedding is for Rosemary and Johnny Bravo is on Tuesday. And so they go backstage and everybody's like dressed up and they've got party hats. They've got uh, Johnny Bravo is in a two face outfit with half his face painted. Uh, He's got half of his suit, like a regular like suit. And the other half has like decorations on it. Um, Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, hold up. Ryan's not doing this service. He was cosplaying as Tommy Lee Jones from hmm. Batman Forever as Two-Face, where it is the Two-Face who has the very, very distinct, like, violet face, and he has, like, the leopard or cheetah print, like, purple side of his suit. Yeah. Um. So it was it was a yeah. sight to behold. Um. We've got Rosemary dressed up in, like, some black outfit. Um. Taya, for some reason, is wearing all white, even though she's not the bride. Um, yep. Uh, and we've doing the fashion files here. We're going. Well, she's like the only one who's like actually in like wrestling gear. Everybody else is just basically like shown in Bound for Glory t-shirts. Oh, they um, love showing off these Bound for Glory t-shirts. And so there. Johnny is like throwing a fit at Falaba because Falaba has now been like, oh yeah, by the way, Johnny, remember how I said that check that you need to write a check for that, that, uh, the, the Gothic castle or Gothic church that you wanted. And he's like, yeah. And Falaba's like, yeah, they said it was no good. And, so Johnny is freaking out because, you know, the wedding is on Tuesday and now they don't have a venue. Um, you know, you probably want to find that out before like 48 hours before the wedding. Um, but that's basically this whole thing is that this is probably the worst wedding ever, uh, at least worst planned wedding. Uh, followed by the entire time is just clutching his chest because of course he still has the money wad uh from hernandez that he stole and you know he doesn't want to use that money for anything um if johnny uh, johnny bravo was the one who gate wrote the check uh pretty sure what's uh Falabas stole that too at this point because it seems like he's a greedy greedy man um and this is just a very weird character development and the fact that it's gone on this long is weird and multiple people have seen him with the money and nobody seems to care um so then uh what was it was it jimmy jacobs who came in 
to say if you've if you've been, if you're in the mm-hmm, call your shot mm-hmm. gauntlet match, you're up next. Uh, so half the wedding party leaves. Uh, so Ty is leaving. Rosemary's leaving, even though she's not in the gauntlet match. Johnny Bravo leaves because Ty. Um, Crazy Steve goes. So that's somebody who we didn't know was going to be in this match. Uh, Falaba goes and uh, ends up leaving. Cody. Uh, and Cousin Jake and Johnny Swinger. Uh, Johnny Swinger, somebody who had been previously announced for the Call Your Shot Gauntlet match, and the Deaners, who had both been called for it. And so Cousin Jake says, uh, or Cody says, uh, should somebody tell Taya that uh, Johnny has become a groomzilla? And uh, Cousin Jake says, yeah, like I know what that means. And then they're like, wait, Swinger, aren't you in the call your shot gauntlet match? And he's like, nah, sign along the lines of he told somebody else to do it. And he's got multiple gimmicks and he laughs and walks away. And yeah. So three people who've been announced for it and have been in matches for it, just pulled for no apparent reason. Um, so we start off with, uh, the call, so the call your shot gauntlet match. We start off with Rhino, and uh, the, the yes, Sean Davari. It was the Sean, returning it was Sean Davari. Uh, yeah, what a what a way to really kickstart this match of surprises. Ripped. We had he did look. We had really two. Good. We had two non-impact stars in this match. Uh, yeah, Great. two. Was oh, there yeah, three? I don't remember two. I I don't know who I'm forgetting, but I know two, and yeah. Who were who were the two that you? Davari and Storm. Oh, uh, shit, yeah, since you said earlier uh, that James Storm probably isn't with the company, I dude, I completely yeah. forgot he was on this match. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. So, um. Also in this match, we're, I'm not going to go through every single participant and like how, who they eliminated and everything. Uh, yeah. yeah, please. But we also be here for 10 years. In, in order from how they came in, it was Davari, then Larry D, Crazy Steve, AC Romero, Havoc, uh, Tennille Dashwood, Brian Myers, Alicia Edwards, uh, Kiara Hogan, Ty Valkyrie, James Storm. Uh, Hernandez, Falaba, Adam Thornstow, Pat's new favorite name of a wrestler, uh, Luster the Legend, uh, Heath, <laughs> uh, Swoggle, and Tommy Dreamer dressed like Animal. Um, to which Don Callis said, I didn't think Tommy Dreamer's hair could get any worse. But Dude, his hair looked awful. He had like shaved like lines in the side. I understand he's trying to pay tribute, but yeah. it looked um, bad. weird things in this match. Uh, Brian Myers was the stud of this match. He eliminated four people, four or five people. Uh, the record for a call your shot gauntlet match was apparently six. Um, he eliminated five. That's pretty good. Uh, Hernandez eliminated himself uh, on purpose. Uh, he just quit the match. Uh, remember, he was the person who won the 20th spot, so he came in last. Uh, Falaba uh, and him were battling. Uh, Hernandez ripped open Falaba's shirt, which revealed the money wad. Falaba then threw the money wad out of the ring and then tried to eliminate himself. 
to which Hernandez just threw him threw him over the rope, and then Falabao just laid down and like cur- curled up with the the money for a bit, and then got up and walked out. And then Hernandez watched him walk out. Once he got backstage, then Hernandez shrugged and hopped over the the th- uh, the ropes and went and <laughs> kind of just walked what out. A, what a fucking waste of the twentieth last. Yeah, what day. a waste of a twenty. As soon as I was told Hernandez was the twentieth spot, I wanted to just uh, like there walk were, out. Uh, we also had a special <laughs> entrance of Caleb with a K. Uh, for those of you guys who haven't oh, been following yeah. Impact for the past few weeks, that is Tennille Dashwood's uh, personal photographer or PP, as he likes to be called. Um, mm-hmm. he oh jumped God. in to start because uh, Tanil didn't want to get in the ring. Uh, he hit some moves, mainly just took a lot of moves against them, and then Havoc came in and threw him out. And then Tanil was like, Okay, I guess I'll get in. Um, Brian Myers took a bunch of pictures with Tanil uh, in different positions and then tossed Tanil out. Uh, Swaggle came in, uh, and who did he eliminate? Was it Davari that they helped to eliminate? Um, I think it was Davari. Uh, truthfully, it's a blur. Don't, yeah, don't even remember. He, he, <laughs> uh, and then Brian Myers just immediately threw Swaggle out after he helped Swaggle eliminate somebody. Um, what a heel. Yeah. Uh, and then Swaggle just stayed on the outside for the longest time. <laughs> then Tommy Dreamer came in, uh, and they did a mini doomsday device on <laughs> uh, on Brian Myers, but didn't eliminate Brian Myers because Brian Myers was the stud of this show uh, or of this match. Uh, and nope, we end the up, entire show. Yeah, we end up getting to the final four, which are James Storm, Sammy Callahan. Uh, Rhino and Heath, and so Sammy Callahan starts attacking uh, Rhino, and James Storm goes over to Heath, and immediately commentary says something's up with Heath, and I didn't notice it at first, but he's just holding on to the the ropes, and then he like. Storm hits him a few times and he starts making his way to the other area, uh, the other, another turnbuckle. And he like wraps or like he just lays up in the ropes basically to keep himself supported. And then James Storm just eliminates him. And we were like, well, that, that was uneventful because we all four of us had Heath winning and we were like, oh, that sucks. Uh, and yeah, uh, ends up being the uh, Sammy Callahan ends up throwing over James Storm. Rhino's in the corner, kind of hobbled himself because he's been in there since number one. Uh, but Rhino would end up picking up the win uh, because once it's down to the final two people, it becomes a straight up one on one match. Rhino picked up, hit a gore. Uh, There's a really bad pile driver by Sammy Callahan because it's Rhino and Rhino is a much bigger individual than Sammy Callahan. Um, but Rhino wins. And we originally, I was like, oh, okay, well, if Rhino's winning, then Heath's going to come in to celebrate. Nope. Uh, so it does, it did seem like Heath was really injured. We don't know what it was. Uh, but then later on uh, in the, sh- uh, during the show, uh, he did tweet out 
uh, him in what looks like a hospital bed. So it does seem like he did have a serious injury. Um, So wish him the best because, you know, the stipulation was if him or Rhino won, he gets an impact contract. And, you know, that's not how you want to start off your impact career is with a very serious injury. Um, Yeah, agreed. This was a this was a cluster of a match. Um, I think the the main my main issue for this was that there were not a lot of eliminations on early. They waited to like fill up the ring and then start eliminating people, and I think that hurt it because there was just way too much going on. Also, like there were a lot of people in this, or there were a few people in this match that just did absolutely nothing. Like Alicia Edwards and Swaggle and Tanil and yeah, all right, um, all right, we get the point. We get the point. So this was a this was a lower point of the show. Yeah, I don't really have much to add on besides if you're doing like a rumble situation here and you're bringing out Sean Davari, <laughs> Swaggle, <laughs> James Storm. I'll let you stay. Love James Storm. Kira Hogan. Uh, Kira Hogan's cool. She can stay. And Reno fucking and Sammy Callahan as your surprise. <laughs> yeah, sure. I oh, don't really care about Pop. Sammy Callahan. Re- yeah, okay, okay, but we yeah, knew yeah, him yeah. and Crazy Steve were yeah. in because they we, they saw before. Reno fucking scum. <laughs> Who in their goddamn right mind was sitting around saying, man, we need two other people uh, in this match. Let's put in... Adam Thornstone and Lustre. To be fair, you've got to be fair. Adam Thornstone is not a bad wrestler. Like he's, he looks like a fucking eighty-year-old man. Him and Lustre's looks are ridiculous. They look awful. They have one. But remember, I just want to say, like, there were three spots that they had previously announced, and they pulled three people out of this. I would have. I genuinely think this match would have been better if you put it in the. I mean, just the comedy spots alone with Swinger would be uh, worth it. Yeah, I think you should. I think you should. The pre-show should have probably been swapped to Reno Scum versus the Rascals and let the Rascals I, win that match. That's what. And yeah, that, I, I think I'd you would have had a better that. show. Um. Rhino won though, and so he gets a contract. So happy ending. Yes. Uh Hopefully, he's yeah, okay. Absolutely. Um. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't really have much to say about this match, to be honest. Uh, I can tell uh, you that this match <laughs> was the longest match of the night. Uh, this this was match went 25 minutes, 22 seconds. The main event went 21 minutes, 31 seconds. Yeah, I don't I, I don't mean that. I don't want to okay, shit on well, it, but... Uh, it wasn't good. I hated it. <laughs> uh, I also want to let you know that uh, for the pre-show match... Uh, anybody have a guess on what the pre-show match, how long it went? 13? Probably uh, try minutes. three minutes and 42 seconds. What? Wait, <laughs> Rascals got squashed? Uh, yeah, it seems like it. Uh, hopefully it's, what? like like I said, we didn't watch it. Hopefully it wasn't like they somebody got injured, they had to end it quickly. Because that would be awful. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. But this um, was... <laughs> I'll say this. This was better than the women's yes. gauntlet. Or sorry, the knockout gauntlet. Yeah. At, uh, uh, and it was be- I would say it was better than the match we got next. 
Oh my god, dude! I'm gonna have a fucking right, so ne- talking about the show. I, you know, at least after this yeah. match, we uh, so after this match was the undisclosed location match between Moose and EC3. My god, was this a waste of a sh- uh... look? I think I think what you can learn from this is EC3. I don't think is yeah. with Impact. Uh, I think this is the last you see of him in C3, at least for a while. Uh, I also, I, I, I was left speechless by this and not in a good way. Um, I have no I'm, idea. I'm going to say, it, like, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but wrestling companies, um, they really need to stop with this shit. <laughs> Listen, cinematic matches were fun <laughs> in the beginning. And some of them were really well done, no doubt. Um, but I think it might be time to move on from them. Yeah. Yeah, I think our uh, last uh, good one was Stadium uh, Stadium. Right, yeah. It, was in um, uh, it is now on the However, we might have another good one at uh, at Full Gear. Yeah, I actually, I do have I do have faith for the one at Full Gear. Well, yeah, well, I mean, like, Sammy all of and Matt, Matt like, have um, been really good, so. Yeah, so Matt. We know, yeah, we know what to expect. With, WWE with haven't disappointed. Did he even? Ha- oh, oh, he had the one. Yeah. Yes, him remember. and Bray. Him and Bray. Um, yeah, yeah. I just remember the lawnmower. Um, yeah. Uh, honestly, the less said about this, the better. This was fucking weird. Yeah. I'll try to get us through it as quickly as we can. Um, Moose shows up to what looks like a, a random nah, this, school this, gym. I would say this was more like a a, a community center. Gym. It was like a, it was like it looked like Cars League inside. Yeah, it was like car, for, yeah, I was about to say Cars League. Um, so anyway, Moose shows up and EC3 has the ring surrounded by knockoff Retribution who are just like standing there, um, and he's just beating up a a random guy in the ring for some I reason. I called him knockoff um, Otis. Well, yeah, he looked like a skinnier version of Otis, uh, and. Uh, Moose and him went to battle. We had music here that constantly changed every three minutes. To it was louder than edited. so. EC three at multiple times was talking. You could not hear. EC3. Yeah, it was uh, so Moose poorly was done. Even oh worse because Moose already has a very low voice, um, and the music was overpowering. And let me let me point out this. It took me a yes. good five minutes to realize that this wasn't a pre match video package. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I think that's partially on them because they aired <laughs> and like, the, the transition video was terrible. This match, which is already pretty like heavily edited, and it just like ended and went into this. So if you had like me and Joey who haven't watched Impact, this look kind of felt like it was just another extension of that, but it wasn't. And uh, yeah, they needed to mic this place up better or have boom mics because you couldn't. Yeah, would you agree that uh, Impact's like weakest point is their production team? A hundred percent. Yeah. No, no. Their oh number one weakest point is commentary. Their number two well, is production well. team. <laughs> well, I think that I think they're they're I think production might be higher. You know, Josh Matthews is terrible, but at least he like Yeah, but that's I can hear him some, most of the time. Him. <laughs> yeah, but like the production for these shows is uh, awful. Yeah. No, I, I will agree that their uh, production is really trash for a company that's been going on for 18 years 
Like we we had complaints yeah. about AEW's um, production for like the first few weeks, maybe the first few months of them being around. Mm-hmm. Rob still comes, yeah, but that's that's Rob. Rob com- um, Rob complains about ears. literally everything uh, that um, isn't. The ears have eyes. Wait, ears <laughs> have eyes. Anyway, um, there was blood. Uh, that I thought was ketchup originally, but yeah. it did seem to be actual blood. Uh, Moose is wearing an all white. I thought that so was the blood really stood out. The lighting here, the lighting here was almost as bad, if not worse, than the backlot brawl from NXT Takeover in your house between Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole. Mainly, mainly because this is a building. You know, inside building. My my only you know my only argument against it is that NXT had no excuse for that because they're at like a full sale which is like a film production school and they used like the full sale students yeah, to help do yeah. it and well and at least the camera they also are the WWE yeah but but yes the, the one yeah, thing the camera I'm say is like that didn't have art of like this was a building a small room building where the lighting was just horrid. Like the other one, yeah, was but also outside. again, Impact has a way, a way, yeah. It was outside of the set. It was like the the like the city set that they have at Full Sail, whereas Impact yeah, also yeah, has a way smaller. And budget. and and it's in a match where um, there's literally nothing on the line. Where NXT had it was a world title match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway. The, the, it got even weirder. EC3 eventually gets in the ring and lines up for the one percenter, and then he has Vietnam flashbacks yeah. to his previous run in TNA. And you hear the beginning of trouble, and then he's like, "No, I can't hit this." Basically, and then Moose gets him, and then we have some random yeah, Vietnam it's just flashbacks Moose hitting Moose, a bunch of uh, and... spears. Yeah. Um, and then EC3 is like down on his knees saying that like I need you to become the man you were meant to be and then he Moose just a bunch like, hits him with the belt and is like and is like thank yeah. you and leaves man I honestly thought I lost brain cells watching this I have no idea what their intention was but this was <laughs> With some avant-garde, goddamn. And do we really like, want to say Moose film won this fucking match? stuff? Yes, yes, yeah. Moose is the one. I mean, he clearly knocked out EC3, out and EC3 his was carried off by Richard Bowers. <laughs> yes, <sighs> like they carried him out like he yeah. was. Goddamn Moose Jesus literally walked out on his own power. Um, yeah, so Moose definitely won, and then we came back from commentary. And there was yeah. like, I and don't know Don Callis says, I don't Great think I've ever to... seen Moose this serious before. Moose is, that's his whole thing is yeah. that he's serious. Don Callis. Yeah. Uh, that gets a big whopping. Absolutely not. Uh, also, at one point, Thanks. Don Callis said yeah. that. That gets he, a big he, thumbs down. Don Callis, the heel commentator, uh, said that he wishes he and uh, Josh Matthews hung out more. Um, and Josh, <laughs> I mean, to be Josh, fair, Josh, Josh is, is a baby deal. face. Yeah, yeah, Madison, Madison was, like, shitting on him Oops. all night. Yeah, him and uh, Don oh, Cassidy were shitting, shitting on Josh. Shit, I forgot. Yeah, uh, and uh, also, I the other thing we forgot to say during the Call Your Shot Gauntlet match, uh, <laughs> Tennille came out, and Josh Matthews was like, "She has over three million Instagram followers. Are you one of them, Don?" And Don's response is. 
uh, I don't have a phone. <laughs> Later in the show, he has a, an iPhone literally sitting in front of him on Twitter. Oh, uh, and then stuff. also later in the show, I don't yeah. remember what it was, but he was like, Josh asked him a stupid question. And uh, Don Callis' response was, like I said, I don't own a computer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so after this, we went yes. to Shamrock versus Edwards, right? All right. Um, yeah, so we had Ken Shamrock versus Sammy Eddie Edwards. Corner. Ken Shamrock had Sammy Callahan with him. Um. Yeah. Mm. Uh. Oh. Also, yeah, we should so note that, that we all had so going into the moves. fifth yep. match of the night, all four of us had zero points. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really uh, there were a total of eight us. matches on this card, including the pre-show. And we we, we really, really knocked yeah, it out. We of the went park. crazy here. Uh, yeah. Um, Big so, uh, for this match, uh, I had Ken Shamrock. Everybody else had Eddie Edwards. Uh, Angelo's reasoning for Ken Shamrock or for Eddie Edwards was uh, that Ken Shamrock was getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, and the Hall of Famers always lose. My response was, I think Ken Shamrock's winning because he was going into the Hall of Fame. And uh, when I told Pat that, Pat was like, when was the last time that a uh, Hall of Famer won when they get inducted? And I said, this time. Yeah, and uh, indeed it was this time. This was a, this okay, this was a really, I thought this was a good match. The ending was very fucking stupid. This finish was, this finish, this finish so, made no fucking sense. I thought that. Can we just say? Yeah. So the finish was. I'll go through this real quickly. And then we'll. we'll no, no. no. You the finish. The lights why. go out, and then they come back. Yeah. So Sammy's phone. Did we get a reason? Can, because he's the hacker. <laughs> controls the lights. Oh, I didn't even. So hear that's this. why he got up on the, <laughs> okay. the the apron and pushed his phone is because he turns off the lights. Oh. Okay, uh, sure. Anyway, so the lights go out because of Sammy. They're out for a little bit, and me not knowing that, I was like, oh, shit, somebody turned out the lights, and we're getting, like, a new, like, a surprise appearance here. And, no, the lights come back on, and Sammy Callahan's in the ring with the back yeah, of the used to break Eddie face, Edwards' like face, and then Eddie Edwards... <laughs> and, then, and then Eddie Edwards is like, oh, no, you have a pet. I don't know like where he pulls out, like, from, a, a kendo stick. What's your They never this answered this. What's your call? So we were watching something, on... But... Yeah, we were watching... We were watching Fight for it. And, like, Fight has a chat that happens. And everybody in the chat was like, what the fuck is up with the kendo stick? And somebody was like, I guess he pulled it out like he had it in him the whole match. That makes no sense. Because he literally just <laughs> he pulled it, it from him. behind his back. <laughs> that I, must have been edited somehow. I don't know because maybe my eyes were playing tr- tricks on me, but like it came out of nowhere. <laughs> when the lights came up, I did not. He yeah, was when the lights not came holding up, I did not see a candle stick in his hand. Uh, so I'm a bit confused. But either way, uh, that that is this was so unnecessary they could have like i this was they couldn't just have ken shamrock beat eddie edwards we had to have yeah the, yeah, the most dangerous man in the world this. couldn't just beat eddie edwards yeah anyway ken shamrock ends Apparently. up uh put hitting uh, a belly uh over the top belly the back suplex uh and then 
uh, putting him in the Eddie Edwards in the ankle lock and Eddie Edwards taps, which, you know, is weird for your top baby, top baby face to do. Uh, but he did. And Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan celebrate. I, I think, you know, with the with the finish of tonight's show, I think top heel Ken Shamrock might be coming. <laughs> to be fair, no. to be fair. Keep him away. To be fair. Eddie Edwards did say before he got attacked by Shamrock uh, that he wanted the next shot um, at uh, Eric Young because he basically wrote off that uh, Rich Swan was going to be able to do it because nobody knew if he was going to be able to come back. Uh, and then Ken Shamrock, when he jumped, when he jumped, Eddie yeah, but now that Eddie's... kept on shouting, <laughs> "You, you jumped in, you jumped ahead. You're, uh, you're in front of me. Get out of the way." Uh, and so that makes sense now. Uh, well, so there yeah. you go. Uh, top heel Ken Shamrock, baby. Give me, the, give me that what, title. What a run. time! Again, Ken what Shamrock. A time to be alive. Still in really good shape. Can still can still go fifty six. No, absolutely not. Should However, he be no. Rich Juan also not. shouldn't be in tip-top shape like he claims he is after a de- an, an injury that was well, worse than a seven-month injury. <laughs> Dude, he's just a, welcome he's just to TNA, baby. All right, next up is our ta- four-way tag match. Uh, yeah, this uh, was my match of the night. This I will slap. continue to say that I think that the tag team division. And the knockouts division is stacked um, in talent. It's just performance-wise, like they just need to click. Uh, this clicked. This was a really good match. Uh, so this was the Mercy Machine Guns, who were champs, entering in uh, versus the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, versus Ace Austin and Madman Fulton, versus the North, Ethan, Ethan Page and Josh Alexander, or as Pat wants to call him from now on, yeah, he thinks that he should just go a by walking, walking weapon. weapon. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, so absolutely. Uh, as Mercy and Machine Guns are making their way out, um, the walking weapon and the Ethan walking Page weapon attacking them, uh, and the, the walking weapon uh, pile <laughs> drives Alex Shelley on the ramp. Uh, Alex Shelley, who has had a, a really bad history with concussions and neck injuries, dude, Shelley's selling here. His the face he made when the doctor would like the doctors came out to help him do his feet. It looked like this man had just come like he had never come before. His mouth was left like a gape and was and just let me like point out that he clearly had a neck injury. And they the way they picked him up. <laughs> you know, no, they picked him up by his head. No, they just and the man's like mouth so, was so agape. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and then Chris Saban is just it like standing so there. He's like, what do I do? Oh okay. And he just tells the ref to ring the bell and he runs in and attacks Ethan mm-hmm. Page. Meanwhile, as Alex Shelley's getting raised up, Ethan Page is clapping and Don, Don Callis yells, uh, Ethan Page is a scumbag. <laughs> Way to go, top heel commentator. We found something that even a heel doesn't like. Um, but this was a really fun match. Uh, Chris Sabin shows that he can still go in. Uh, he was probably, I would say, uh, the MVP of this match. 
Uh, would you guys agree? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he had his back. Yeah, against I think the wall, Saban basically. probably had the. I think Saban probably yeah. had the best in-ring um, performance of the I can tell you show. who I thought had the worst in-ring oh. performance of the show. No, it, it was, was Doc it Gallows for missing multiple goddamn <laughs> kicks. <laughs> he didn't do many offensive moves. But when he did, he missed the shit ton of them. Uh, I'm going to need you to stop um, bullying the big LG, I've said brother. from the beginning, uh, or at least for the last month and a half, that the good brothers just do not seem interested in being there. Um, they probably uh, just however, however, just like, however this to me and Angela both said that uh, on the go home show uh, this week, uh, they had a match against the North uh, and they tore the house down for the, like the seven minute match that they had. Um, they were hitting moves. They looked really into it. They just had really good chemistry with the North. Um, in this, they had Carl Anderson was great. Doc Gallows, fucking horrible, <laughs> fucking so bad. Send send them to New Japan. Um, yeah, uh, Chris Saban though, top tier. Uh, if Chris Saban wants to go to New Japan, do a do a best of Super Juniors. Go on, get reward him that. I don't think uh, so either, I, but hey, I don't, this I could don't be the way they write, they write them off so that Chris Saban can go have fun in New Japan. Uh-uh. Okay. Um, the North? Yeah. The North uh, here uh, did... Very shocking. Um, this was... I honestly... You don't I like, like the that North. they won? I didn't like this. Um. Yeah, I don't really understand what the point of them. How long uh, was their first? Right? Was there like record setting reign? It was, I think it was close to four hundred days. Yeah, so like, yeah, so they had this big, lengthy, like the longest mm-hmm. like tag title run in the history of the company, and then Motor City Machine Guns come back, surprise, win the title. Ninety three, ninety three days. Like, how, Did you not hear the promo 90, that Ethan Page cut? Yeah, and then they just drop it back to the north. Uh, yeah. And Alex Shelley didn't mm-hmm. even wrestle in this match. Um, I don't know. I, I just, <laughs> I feel like, I, like I, again, I like the North. I think they're great. Yes. Entering wrestlers, probably one of the best tag teams in the world right now. But I just, I feel like you could have easily used this time to give it to Ace and Fulton to give those two something. Uh, as I have said, the uh, fuck else Angelo, are they doing? Uh, um, when we were doing our predictions, uh, we brought up how, uh, the one of the the only people that I knew going into Slammiversary in the the title picture uh, was Ace Austin. I was like, oh yeah, he's like the there's like Austin. big guy. Like they've got a lot of faith in this guy. He I don't think he's won a match since I've started watching this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the I, yeah, again I've known Ace Austin for uh, like yeah uh, since, since he started popping up on Impact and seeing him in like clips, but like. Yeah, I don't know. He just they, I don't know what their plan is with him, but yeah. I feel like My this would have been a good thing shock win for them. Is this is Impact's um, last ditch effort to try to keep Ethan Page? <laughs> it's a possibility. Here's another. Here's another say, year, hey, buddy. The tag here's team, the tag team champion. Well, I mean, his contract ends <laughs> December thirty first, so <laughs> don't think he's getting. I don't think they're going to give him a year. Oh, I guess. I guess title we'll reign if he's not resigning. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, but the match yeah. itself was really, um, really as good. I've like said, I said, this was my uh, match. Or as I, I said on uh, the uh, go home show, I thought that the Motor City Machine Guns were going to win here because I figured that they were going to get a one on one match at the next uh, like Impact Plus show that they do monthly since it seems like they're bringing those back. Um, but guess not uh interesting to see where this goes for the north um hopefully it's not like a very i mean my guess is it's gonna be a quick rain but who who knows um so yeah um i wouldn't be mad if it if we end up getting like the north and uh the motor city machine guns again because they have great chemistry wouldn't be mad if we got the north versus uh, the Good Brothers, because they had really good chemistry this week on Impact. Um, but who knows? Um, and so nobody got points for this one because myself and Angelo had Mercedes Machine Guns. Pat and Joey both had uh, the Good Brothers. Rip. So that takes us to uh, the Knockouts Championship match between Deanna Perrazzo, the champion, versus Kylie Ray. And right beforehand, we get a Kylie Ray promo uh vignette video package about her uh history how she feels like uh how she has been aggr- more aggressive lately uh but that she's just trying to make sure that like people take her seriously um and it was all a good up warm uplifting promo and then Deanna comes out first and I was like well that's weird why would you have Deanna Prazo come out first she's the champ uh, and then Kylie Ray's music hits, and no Kylie Ray comes out. And it's like, oh, that's weird. So then her music goes off, uh, and we get uh, Deanna laughing and saying, oh, I knew Kylie was, wasn't going to show up, but I'm a fighting champion. Uh, this is a pay-per-view, uh, and I, I was going to put the title on the line here anyway. Uh, so any man, woman male or woman in the ch- back they can have a shot and sue young's music hits and sue young comes out and pat immediately says think this is gonna be a squash buddy um it was not a squash this was a really fun match um i think both people looked really good uh it's good to see sue young back because you know Susie's character of I don't know how to wrestle is, you know, stupid for somebody who is actually a pretty good worker. Um, how about you guys? Yeah, um, I thought it was fine. I, I've seen that Impact's catching a lot of shit for this um, because if they knew that Kylie wasn't going to be able to be on this show, they continued to advertise that Kylie was going to be on this show. Literally moments before this match, they said she was, it was yeah, going to be Kylie strange. and Deanna. And if she wasn't there, if she wasn't there because of an injury, they should have like notified people who bought the show. Like, Hey, there's a, there's a card change here. Kylie is injured. She can't wrestle. Um, so unless Kylie See, that's, during that's the show, me, like, like backed out, lot, like, then this has something to do with her mental health, which I, you know, I hope not, you know, I hope she's in a good place. Um, but it, it is a possibility. Um, there could be, I mean, she could have easily last minute. Yeah. Decided that she didn't want to go. 
So, I mean, I guess we'll see if more details come out. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah. Either way, the match itself was solid, uh, mm-hmm. as you kind of expect from the knockouts division, mm-hmm. which is one of the stronger women's division in wrestling currently. Deanna's great. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of her promos, but in ring, she's probably yeah. one of the best women's workers uh, going right now. And Sue Young is also you really good. About, uh, so no complaints person, there. The other person here. Yeah, Kimber. Kimber. The uh, she was in. What was she? She's in the May Young Classic. I think. Yep. Yep. As Abby, Abby Leaf. Leaf. And I, I like signed her, to NXT for a while, but got released. Yeah. Um. And she never really got to do anything in NXT, which is a shame. But she's really talented. What I don't understand was what her outfit was and her look tonight. Ryan said it was Halloween, so yeah, she. Hit, I her, guess her shirt was like a skeleton. I think her pants were skeleton esque as well. Yeah, uh, she looked um, like she was like a groupie for like Bon Jovi in the eighties. Um, yeah, her hair was all blown out. It was. It was a look. Um, and she had really, really bright pink boots, like rain boots. Yeah, it was, it was something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So love Kimberly, but this look was not it. Yeah. Um, Let it be known that Kimberly was ranked in the PWI top 100 women uh, at number 15. Um, you know who wasn't in the top 15 or top 20? Deanna Praza. She was ranked 30. Hey, you want to know why? Sue Young, I think. Yeah, I believe Sue Young was like 40 something. Hey, you want to know why? Deanna Praza, for the majority of the time yes. this was going yes. on, was important. Yes. I, know. I know. Yeah, that would be thanks to um, WWE. On TV. No, no, but what's your call? Me and Angela just thought, it's, think it's funny that Kimberly, for like three months, that we or two or three, yeah, three months now uh, that we've watched, she has not won a single match. Yeah, uh, well, and again, for half be- that time, she was just a jobber. Yeah, but again, to be fair, that wasn't what PW Insider was or P- yeah, PWI was taking into account. Yeah, was this this past three months? Um, so yeah, Sue Young wins and becomes the new Knockouts champion. Yeah, um, how do you feel about the shrine since you're an Impact watcher? I think this makes sense. Um, I think that based off of what I saw tonight, I think that Deanna was going to lose no matter what. It, if Kylie was coming out or not, um, and I think Sue Young was coming. Uh, Probably this week or next week to set up Kylie versus Sue Young, most likely would be my guess. Um, and I think if if Kylie is like not seriously injured, this was just like a precaution. Uh, there's her mental health is fine, uh, and she's just ready to come back at whatever the next thing is. Uh, you can have a pretty good match. With those two, I mean, they're both really good. Kylie's very talented. Sue Young's really good. Uh, There's story between them um, as former best friends. Um, And you could also say that, like, Sue Young prevented Kylie from showing up or, like, attacked her backstage or something like that. Um, If this is a long, like, if it's a serious injury and they knew about this beforehand, Impact screwed up majorly. Um, and if it's a mental health issue, you really can't like it going into the show. Like if this was something that happened like right beforehand, like, I don't know. It's a very delicate situation. Mental health is very important to to take seriously. Uh, and with somebody who has had a history of mental health issues in the past, um, 
like Kylie, like that that was like a driving factor in why she ended up asking for a release in AEW. Um, hopefully that's not the case here. Um, but yeah, you gotta wish her the best and hope that this isn't too serious. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, agreed. Uh, the big announcement after this was we got that they announced officially after what seems like forever of teasing it, the uh, knockouts tag team championships are officially coming back. And we had the weirdest tease of this saying it's coming real soon. You don't have to wait that long. It's only in January of, <laughs> of goddamn next year. No, no. <laughs> January no, of 2020. No. Originally. Oh, sorry. 2020. Yeah. He said Remember, January of 2020. So last up. year. <laughs> um, but and Don Callis seemed furious, bro. His his look after the look on his face as he said that he's like, "What the fuck?" Uh, and so the announcement came that they will be decided on January sixteenth at Impact Hard to Kill, which is the next pay per view. Yep. So, uh, three days before your birthday, Ryan, you get an Impact pay per view, buddy. Absolutely. Happy birthday. Uh, Happy birthday. I'll be watching it. Uh, and our main event of the night was for the Impact Heavyweight or World Championship, whatever it is. Um, And it was Eric Young versus Rich Swan. All four of us had Rich Swan winning. Pat already spoiled it. Rich Swan won. So, (laughs) yeah, shit. Well, I mean, Uh, so uh, going into this match, I was the only person with a point still (laughs) at one point uh, for my Ken Shamrock pick. Uh, because I, I had... mean, to be fair, I would argue that uh, having chosen Kylie Ray, her replacement, won her match. And yeah. to be fair, at Clash of Champions, I gave Ryan a point when his replacement beat somebody. Um, mm, so, nah. you know, that's, if we're playing that, by those rules. Yeah, but that's how WWE works things. And also, there, we didn't come up with a tiebreaker. So, mm. well, <laughs> if we had come up with a tiebreaker, maybe. It's the principle. Yeah, well, principles don't matter true yeah uh anyway this was a fine match um for somebody who has been you know having coming back from the worst injury of his career rich swan did not sell his leg at all until the end of this match because then eric young started to work the leg but there was no limping there was no like hesitation to do big spots nothing this angle with his goddamn retirement and injury, awful, awfully worked. Um, and as me and Angelo said, like he could have gotten like into a car accident the day of, and they'd be like, "Nope, he's got four legs now." Out of this, he has four legs. Yeah, okay. the, I believe that was something that Angelo said <laughs> is that he grew an extra set of legs. Um, like th- this was just. It, it's a, it was a very stupid decision to just be like, okay, well, we're going to have him retire due to an injury, saying that it's worse than the first injury that cost him seven months, and then re-injure it right after he retires, uh, and then re-injure it a week before the show, and somehow he's not going to even sell that it's injured throughout this match. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Come on, man. Um, as somebody who hasn't been watching Impact, I quite like this match. I thought it was a nice uh a The nice match thing. was the match was fine, minus the non-selling of this injury. Yeah, again, as somebody who hasn't watched that didn't yeah. really affect me. 
Um, I, I like Eric Young, love Rich Swan, so happy to see this. And Rich Swan got the big win here, and he's now a world champion. So this man went from being a star of 205 Live, which, you know, me that, that was uh, my, my pride and joy when I was still watching WWE, was 205 Live, easily <laughs> WWE's best show, uh, 100%. The people on that show absolutely killed it week in, week out, despite the crowds giving zero shits as if it was just a bunch of enhancement talent hey man i cared when i went watched 205 live live yeah but you didn't watch it religiously i tuned in every no but i was live. there i was there for a live taping of it that and is you true. know what i'm immortalized on, on the, the WWE, WWE network, network. yelling tjp slaps, slaps his own ass yes sir yeah brian proved how dead the crowd was that, that is <laughs> yes sir um, That's why I, I give credit. I am the reason that TJP left uh, WWE. He was like, I heard that. I can't be associated with this anymore. And you know what? TJP's on to bigger and better things. He's in New Japan strong. Probably going to be in Best of Super Juniors. Uh, and uh, is on Impact and is an enjoyable part of Impact. And he's not a video game dweeb anymore. Um, Sure. Who dabs? Uh, I'm sure he still dabs. Uh, yeah, Joey, what about you? What did you think, man, buddy? Uh, this was, I think this was my favorite match of the night. Uh, to be honest, I, I really enjoyed this. Um, and it's really nice to see Rich Swan become world champion. Um, especially, you know, seeing, I mean, he was pushed pretty good in WWE for the most part for in the cruiserweight division, at least, but then he kind of like fizzled. And then there's the whole, um, yeah, the whole DUI yeah. thing. Um, but he's he's bounced back, and now he's a world champion. So I mean, can't really take that away from him. And uh, yeah, and friend. husband and wife get crowned champions to end the show. Oh, true, true. Uh, I'm. I didn't say my Pat. You said your match of the night was the tag match. Joe, you said your match of the night was the main event. I am mm-hmm. going to say that. No surprise here, probably, uh, that my match was the women's match. Fair. I thought the final three matches of the show were fantastic. Yeah, the show the show um, did finish on a high it, note. It definitely saved yes, the 100%. show. Yes, 100%. 100%. Like, the, the, the first three matches... Um, it was in serious jeopardy of... Or, I of, won't say uh, that. The, the X Division match was good. Good. The clusterfuck of a gauntlet match was meh. The Moose versus EC3 match was god awful. Yeah, was Shamrock and Eddie was good, uh, and then the last three matches were fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think all that's missing is uh, our ratings. I'll give it to you guys first, since you are the non-impact watchers. Go ahead, Pat. Uh, I'm gonna go thumbs in the middle, pointed down. Um, uh, I really the the whole again. I like the first match, the 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 gauntlet match, uh, uh, the the cinematic match. No, sir, absolutely not. Please take that away from me. Um. Shamrock and Edwards was fine in the match itself. I didn't have an issue with, but the finish just killed all of it. And yeah. Um, and the fact that like, as Ryan said, that gone, the match was the longest thing on this show. 
So if you didn't like that, it was definitely going to kill your momentum of the show. Um, but to be fair, and again, had that been better or had the cinematic match been better, I think the show would probably be either thumbs in the middle or thumbs in the middle pointed up. Um, because it did, it did start to recover towards the end of this. Um, obviously, I was very much anticipating Kylie and Deanna because I think Kylie Ray is one of the best women's wrestlers, and mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to that match. And Sue Young versus Deanna Peraza wasn't really interested. The match was fine; um, it's pretty good stuff. But uh, like, I, I would have much rather had Kylie and Deanna. So, um, yeah. But yeah, so I'm going thumbs in the middle point down. Um, I'm going to go with thumbs in the middle. Um, I really think that the second half of the show, um, was very strong and it honestly, and this is just my opinion, like as a whole, it really saved it from being, giving me giving it a thumbs down. Um, so I just really thought they had a really strong second half of the show and, um, I will go with uh, thumbs in the middle. I'm going to go thumbs in the middle, um, pointing up solely for the final three matches and, uh, the exhibition match, I thought uh, all the title matches were very good. Um, the middle portion of the show was meh. Um, so, yeah. Um, also, just a heads up for uh, the reported reason for Kylie Ray not being there uh, as reported of, from Brian Alvarez currently. There's, there's, there's two reports out there. Okay. Well, Brian Alvarez said that it's uh, just a lingering injury that isn't considered serious. Uh, it did. The injury is supposedly the same thing uh, from a match uh, on October tenth, uh, or yeah, on October tenth against Josh Alexander, aka the Walking Weapon Pat. Um, uh, and the next day, she was ex- uh, scheduled to wrestle, and she got pulled uh, due to unforeseen for- circumstances. But supposedly, she took a bad bump there. Um, what's the other report that you're seeing? Um, Fightful and John Alba are also reporting something differently, and it's um, that multiple or multiple or a number of Impact talent don't know what's going on with Kylie, and they don't know if it's an injury or what. But it seems like it it might be something else. Okay. So. Uh. So yeah, as we said, wish her the best. Also, wish Heath the best with his injury, uh, and. I mean, I don't think Shelley's is an actual injury. I think it's just a storyline. I would hope yeah. that's not an injury. But if that is an injury as well. They didn't handle yeah. it well. Um, I mean, <laughs> hey, if this was an injury, if this comes out that this was an injury from October 10th uh, and they kept on promoting this. Um, Bro, they dragged him. They they like dragged him to the back. Like he just got shot in war, and like dragged him to like the yeah. yeah they grabbed him by the, <laughs> the head and shoulders for a neck injury. <laughs> Not what you do. Great doctors. Yeah. Great doctors. Yeah. All right, so that concludes our uh, impact stuff, uh, and on to Borat, mm. baby. If you're sticking with us, then you know where you're getting yourselves into. Uh, this is gonna be. Are late. It is one thirty when we're starting this. Um, so this or sorry, one forty in the morning. This is our uh, the portion of the podcast where we're just going to talk and give our thoughts on Borat's subsequent movie film, which is as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, the sequel to Borat. Um, I don't actually remember the full title of the original Borat, so apologies. The original um, one? I thought it was just Borat. No, Borat has Borat does have a subtitle. Oh, um. 
so uh ryan and joey you um you both have seen the original borat yes yes yeah yeah Uh, what are your thoughts on the original borat okay um i thought it was really funny yeah i i I, goofy and yeah yeah i thoroughly enjoyed the first borat uh it is the original one is Borat cultural learnings of America for make benefit glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you looked because I also have it up in front of me. Now. Yeah, it's, <laughs> been a, it's been a very long time since I watched it. So um, yeah, it's been, I remember it's been ages. It yeah. Was, uh, very funny. It's very quotable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. It, I mean, the, I think people still have, I think there's still people who like they haven't seen Borat, but like they but know they parts know. of it. Yeah, they know. Like, the like it, it had a lot of pop culture references mm-hmm. uh, and influence. I mean, it literally led to the the divorce of uh, Pamela Anderson and was it Tommy Lee or yeah, Brett Michaels? Tommy Lee. Okay. Uh, due uh, due yeah. to her involvement in the film. <laughs> I can confirm that I recently watched Borat for the first time, um, the, like right after uh, this was first announced. So I have seen Borat uh, as well now. I can I can confirm, and yeah, it's a quality comedy and really good stuff showing, uh, you know, how kind of crazy America can be. This movie, this movie takes it to another goddamn level. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> oh my god. You know, in most cases, com- like sequels to comedies can be, um, you know, not good and just kind of trying to cash in on the popularity. The fact that oh, when the first Borat came out, 2006 is when the original Borat came out. It's 2020, so it's been 14 years. And I don't think going into this year, I don't think anybody's expecting to see a sequel to Borat come out. Yeah, yeah no, and I don't think so either. I don't know. Out no. of nowhere, there was the report that a, a sequel to Borat had been filmed. And so there was rumblings going around. And then all of a sudden we got the announcement that Borat 2 was coming. And well, it was coming a few days before the American election. Um, and so we now have this movie, which features Rudy, uh, Rudy Giuliani um, almost having sex with a... Uh, not actually, but in the movie, fifteen-year-old uh, reporter. Um, we have Borat storming the Republican CPAC for Mike Pence, uh, dressed <laughs> as Donald Trump, carrying <laughs> his daughter to try and give her as a gift. We have Borat living with some some right-wing QAnon believers um, who believe that Hillary Clinton drinks the blood of children yes. and they go to a right wing rally where he sings the, uh, the Obama, <laughs> what you gonna do inject him with the Wuhan flu yeah, song yeah, yeah. that, uh, <laughs> did go viral, uh, earlier during the Can pandemic. Can we just talk about when that happened? Like, I don't remember anybody, like, I don't remember any footage of the, them like showing, the uh the parts during that song where they're saying uh uh journalists were gonna uh cut them up like the saudis that, no that's there that is okay. there 100 you can go look up the full footage <laughs> of the song. I, I just don't remember that i think it's just yeah. like the obama and the, like anthony fauci thing like that stuck with my mind i also don't remember <laughs> people <laughs> yelling gas them like the germans did 
my god. god. We had yeah, as he's shouting gas him like the Germans do, it cuts to a guy who I guess didn't there are uh, multiple face guys. Shown. Multiple guys. It's a group yeah, of three who didn't want guys. their face shown hitting, hitting the um the Heil Hitler, the Zeke Heil. Uh, which in 2020 in America says a lot about this country. Um, there's there's so much to talk about in this movie, and so little time. Um, I think one of the one of the I think I, I personally I gave this a higher rating than I did the original Borat. I think this does surpass the original Borat just because mm-hmm. obviously I'm seeing it when it comes out. Uh, it feels very timely, um, dealing with COVID and the election and everything. Um, I also think that this movie has a stronger actual plot to it because it does introduce Borat's daughter, uh, Tutar, Mm -hmm. um, played by Maria Bakalova. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably a butcher of uh, how to pronounce pronounce her name, but she is very good in this as Tutar. Has she been in anything else? Yeah, she's been in some foreign films. Um, So this was not her first role. That's like her breakout American or worldwide thing. Um, and so I thought she did really good here and I thought she, you know, really held her own against Sasha Baron Cohen, who is such like a, you know, a presence to try and stand out against. But I thought her parts in this movie were equally as funny. Yes. Um, she had some great stuff, her obsession with trying to become the next Melania Trump while she's watching. She could be in a golden cage. Yeah, she she was in her daughter cage and she was watching the Melania Trump Disney cartoon, basically, which is telling Melania Trump's story as this like foreign uh, poor lady who tries to marry up. And we see Donald Trump as like this royal prince who literally grabs her by the vagina and dances. <laughs> the vagine. With her. Yeah, the vagine. The vagine. Sorry. Um, uh, I think that if we're going to eat there's two parts that I think just stand out to me of not actors or at least I don't think they were actors. Um, one being the uh, the doctor um, oh who uh, is going to give a 15-year-old uh, breast enhancements. Oh, dude, yes. Um, to which uh, <laughs> she, uh, Tutar, uh, says, uh, will this... <laughs> Want to make men sex attack or uh, yes, sex attack yeah, sex me? Attack, yeah. And he says, "Oh yeah, everybody will want to sex attack you." And then <laughs> Borat says, or Sasha Baron Cohen says, uh, because he's in disguise. Uh, oh, he has a bunch yeah, of disguises. Uh, says, movie. "Would you sex attack her?" And he says, "If your dad wasn't here, I would." Yes, fifteen-year-old. <laughs> and this doctor, a doctor who did not blur, blur his face, right? did he, like, is just like, yeah, fucking, yeah, I'll, I'll sex attack you. Come on, man. A lot of questionable things uh, from many of the guests in this yeah. show. Uh, the second thing that stood out to me is, you know, um, and I'm not counting the Rudy Giuliani things because, you know what, honestly, not really shocked about that because Rudy Giuliani and he's a fucking psychopath. Um, but, uh, the second thing is the goddamn fax man. Um, (laughs) (laughs) honestly, that dude was wholesome as shit. I mean, the fact that he's literally just writing down, like, I'm going to gift my 15 year old daughter uh, to Michael Pence. The the amount of times he said this to people that he was going to sell, like give away his child and no one reported him. No one reported him. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, well, there was also the guy at the um, the debutante's ball who he says, how much do you think my daughter's worth? And the guy's like, $500. And the guy's like daughter or oh, granddaughter yeah. is like, that's fucking gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he laughs about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This movie's hilarious, but it's also very upsetting in like what you yeah. see. Um, uh, we also have the uh, quite the line here when... Um, uh, Borat becomes depressed and wants to die and he says that he doesn't want to kill himself um, so he's just going to go to uh, the nearest synagogue to wait for a mass shooting. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, also um, he dresses up to go into god. the synagogue with a very 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 long nose uh, bat wings <laughs> uh, skinny like the skinniest pants of all time uh, holding a bag of money uh, fake Jew curls, uh, the a big old uh, stereotypical Jewish hat, mm-hmm. um, and like bat wings. He has yeah, like and the bat wings. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and there's two old ladies in the synagogue who like just welcome him in uh, and are super nice to him. And like, if I'm like trying, like if I'm Sasha Baron Cohen, I don't know how I don't like break character in this moment because I'm being hella awful. And yeah, to the point where prior to this, we see him with the QAnon dudes and they tell him that the Holocaust is fake. And he goes in here to the um, to the synagogue with the assumption that the Holocaust never happened. And when they tell him that the Holocaust did happen, he audibly oh, rejoices that <laughs> the Holocaust happened. Because um, it's his country's which, proud, uh, proudest moment. Yeah. Uh, what's your yeah. thought? The one lady was a Holocaust survivor. That this is that he is trying. He <laughs> yes. is talking about how he was upset the Holocaust wasn't real. To a Holocaust survivor. Like, what are the odds that that, like, if that was not a scripted scene, the fact that, like, you go into a synagogue and it just happens to be a Holocaust survivor there. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, Other standout parts we had, we had the stuff with uh, Janice, the babysitter, who... Borat leaves Tutarat with a like a ball and chain and a doggy um, bowl and a doggy bowl for and water. Her, her favorite um, book, the uh, the the book, the uh, the owner's manual for daughters um, that tells the story about how if uh, if a girl touches her vagine, it will bite her arm and suck her inside out. Mm-hmm. Um, and Janice basically is the voice of reason and tries to teach Tutar that these things aren't true. Um, it also shows uh, what happens if a woman tries to drive or, or uh, I forget what the other options were, but ask questions. it shows like the Hindenburg, ask questions, it shows like the Hindenburg crashing as a result. Titanic, I believe. Um, and then, yeah, the Titanic. And so Tutar goes driving with Janice and she's just like freaking out that Janice is driving and that she sees other women driving. And this leads her to, you know, finding out uh, that women can do actual things. And that leads her to a Republican meeting for women. Um, and she goes off to the ba- She meets all these people. They're all friendly. And they're like, oh, wow, a nice young woman. And she goes off to the bathroom and masturbates for the first time and comes back and starts shouting at the women about masturbation. How she wanted to do a group um, masturbation in a circle where they each hold hands. 
Uh, yeah. And the one lady was um, just like getting audibly <laughs> upset about it. Yeah, and uh, then yeah. they said, they ended with, someone um, call her an Uber." <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, well, we also had the cake lady who uh, Borat goes to get a oh, cake. Oh, yeah, no problem. And yep, he, I uh, forgot about this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> What's it say? It says like the Jews will not. Yeah, replace yeah. yeah. Us can you? Yeah, uh, can you get a, uh, a cake that says the Jews will not replace us, and then put a smiley face underneath of it, and she just adds a shit ton of smiley faces all over the place. Yeah, she was a little too happy about yeah. that one. Uh, we had the uh, the the not abortion clinic. Oh my god! Oh my god! That was that was painfully awkward yeah. to sit through. Um, where it was run um, by a pastor, um, who like wouldn't like they were just trying to make so. Tutart eats a toy baby. Uh, so at, at the, the cake, cake shop. shop, and they go to this women's health clinic, thinking, and it's run by a pastor. So obviously it's very Christian. Uh, it's, I believe in Texas. So, uh, you know where this is going. Uh, he does not have an issue with the fact that, uh, the whole time they're making it seem like Borat, the father impregnated a 15 year old daughter of his. That's not the issue. The issue is the fact that they want to get the baby out. Yes, that is true. Uh, and the fact that these on multiple occasions, they're like, yeah, there's no heartbeat or anything like that. He's like, oh, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. You know, it could come out uh, in a few months and it'll be fine. Yeah, it's like, no, like just completely avoiding science whatsoever. Um, scary that that's still allowed and that mm-hmm. most likely in the next coming months uh that's going to be more prevalent in america yeah um yeah uh and then the uh, big plot twist of this movie is when bora and tutar go back to kazakh or kazakhstan um they meet with the uh i don't know it was the premiere supposed to be but premier i don't remember what the premier's name is something don't you don't even try to go for it. it's a very long uh name that's like n-a-g-z something um but the big reveal here is that borat at the beginning of the movie we see him injected with like when they pull him out of the gulag because we do we completely skipped over this but the movie opens on him in a gulag after he's imprisoned Mm. for bringing uh shame to their country to their town after the original Borat comes out. And so they get him out of there and they tell him that he's going back to America to give um, a present to Donald Trump, but it can't be Donald Trump because in the first movie, Borat <laughs> shit in front of Trump tower. Um, and so it has to be to Mike Pence because Donald Trump is uh, getting friendly with the strong mans around the world, including Kim Jong-un, um, Putin, uh, Putin, Bolsonaro, Kenneth West, and oh, and Kenneth West, and so we see him injected, and it's just like you're assuming, oh, he's getting like vaccinations or stuff. At the end of the movie, we get the revelation that they injected him with, I guess, like bat blood or something, um, or or stuff from a bat. Gypsy tears. Yes. Yeah, he he thought it was gypsy tears to protect him on his journey, and. What we find out is that he is patient zero of the <laughs> COVID-19 virus, 
and that this was the premier's plan to get revenge on the rest of the world for treating them as they as like a, a disgraced nation and so borat goes and you know throughout the movie then when we start the movie Borat's like just going around kissing people and stuff yeah. and it's all normal. So I'm assuming this was filmed before the pandemic started. And then as the movie progresses, we eventually get to when the pandemic starts in like March and you know, it's still kind of normal. Um, people aren't taking it as serious. And I mean, to be fair, people aren't taking it seriously now, but <laughs> yeah. And then we get to later in like the summer when it is more closed down and everything. Um, so it's nice to see like the different stages of COVID also in America. Also making a joke um, about Tom Hanks. Yes, we did see that Borat, because we do see at the beginning that he, instead of taking a plane, he's on a cargo ship that goes around worldwide and makes a bunch of stops. We do see him stop in Australia and kiss Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks Hanks does make a cameo here and gets kissed by Sasha Baron Cohen, and that's how uh, Tom Hanks gets COVID. Um, So that was was actually very funny. Um, And yeah, but uh, we get... (laughs) Borat catches uh, the the premiere revealing this all while he uh, reveals that he was on FaceTime with Brian who earlier in the movie had taught Borat how to use uh, the internet and a phone um, which led to Borat uh, having like his airplay on to the TV while he was searching up interracial yep. porn um, and so the premiere asked, what does uh, Borat and Tutar want in exchange for this not going public? And at the end of the movie, we see that uh, Kazakh is now a feminist nation. They, the, the girls now have better treatment. They're no longer locked the in men cages. Are. Men are, men, are yeah. shipped um, around the world. Yeah. They're, uh... Yeah. We see that they, uh, <laughs> they now sell grooms and we see a box, uh, like uh, uh that is like being shipped to kevin spacey <laughs> um so nice yeah. little detail uh, at the end um so yeah and then we get, you can finish this off we get a call back to the first movie which has the uh the infamous running of the jew event which has now been changed to the running oh, of the americans great. where we uh this is this is i got it stuff here um and it's tutar and borat uh doing this together they're now like a father-daughter news team um which was a nice the, the third thing and see and it shows that they're uh, best uh kazakhstan uh journalists journalists yeah um it was again it was a very nice uh plot line to see how their relationship went from not knowing each other to them like borat not caring about her then wanting to use her as a gift and them falling apart then them coming back together and then, and then this, the entire so, the entire really nice stuff of her yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> um but uh so we have the running of the americans which features an uh is donald yeah. trump is the first uh-huh. one right? yeah that was karen um and they and it was Karen carrying an AR-15 with an All Lives Matter shirt Donald on. Donald Trump had, uh, and then the like last, a, like a cheeseburger in his hand. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. And then the last person yeah, is supposed Fauci. to be uh, with the vaccine. Fauci. Yep, coming out with the <laughs> vaccine, and Karen goes up to him and shoots him dead, and then crushes the vaccine. Uh, and then they crush the vaccine. Yep. Uh, so you know. That's the, that that, per, that kind of perfectly sums up what's going yeah. on in America. Yeah, this uh, uh, movie summed up twenty twenty pretty well. Yeah, um, yeah. Real quick, um, I think we need to give a uh, uh, rest in peace to uh, Judith Dim, uh, who was the Holocaust survivor. Uh, she died after oh, she the died? movie was filmed. Um, oh, wow! But wow. yeah, everybody who was a bystander who was not. Like a politician or uh, 
like a picture in this film uh, was are an actual like just bystander that they somehow convinced to get in here. Wow. Um, so it was all natural then. Yeah. So uh, the salesman is Brian Patrick Snyder, uh, the Instagram influencer. Yeah. Okay. Well, 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 well. Oh, hey, if you want to know know everybody's the, name the, in the, the movie. doctor no. that, that said he wanted to sex, uh, sex attack a 15 year old, that's Dr. Charles Wallace. Yeah. Yeah. That one, that one's fair enough. Yeah. People should never hear um, that man again. Oh, I think we also should shout out a uh, Randy Knight, <laughs> the the guy who let Borat cut his hair. Oh, my <laughs> God. Who, oh shit. Who, Borat cuts each individual piece of hair and, and he shows, shows it to him. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Oh my god. And apparently paid he paid $72 for that haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Um so what would uh what I gave it four and a half I stars. I would give it four and a half stars as well. I gave it five stars. That's all Joey beautiful. did currently um as as our resident um, cinephile here at Deep Six, I will just say this: uh, this comes in currently on my on my list of movies for 2020. This comes in in fourth place, um, so yeah, makes this... my top five. And uh, interestingly enough, my fifth place is The Trial of Chicago Seven, which also features Sasha Baron Cohen. So he he is in two of my top five. Yeah, movies I haven't year. laughed like that in like in like from a, like a movie in a very long time. <laughs> so. Agreed. So, like, this was I, from start to finish. This is where I couldn't breathe. Yeah, that that is fair enough. Well, um, it's a shame we don't get to talk about movies more on the podcast. But, um, you know, we did the kissing booth with Talking Chopamania two, and we did uh, we've now done Borat two with Bound for Glory. So who knows? Maybe we'll do more of these um, on I- impact related we'll views. Yeah, only impact. Well, hey man, hey man, I'm two's coming. Yeah, I mean, I do have my uh, my film festival that I'm starting tonight because I, uh, for those you know who, who might be interested, last year I did attend the Philadelphia Film Festival and I did get to see Parasite, uh, The Irishman, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Joe Rabbit, and Knives Out. Uh, great experience. The Knives Out screening did have Ryan Johnson there, the director for a Q&A. So that was really cool. And this year, obviously, COVID's going on, so that is not happening the same way. But it's all digital, so I do have screenings for, what, like eight movies, I think? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, eight movies. No, nine movies. Eight, nine. Eight or nine movies. Um, so it should be a good time. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go over some of these on the podcast if we have a short podcast. What's the movie? Night. Um, well, I can go through yeah, all of them, I guess. My first one is, uh, which I got access to tonight, is Jumbo, which is a, uh, I believe it's okay. a French movie. Yeah, it's a French movie. Stars um, one of the stars of Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which was my number Very two nice. movie last year. And uh, the plot of this is that uh, Jeanne works in an amusement park, fascinated with carousels and living at home with her mother. Uh, she meets Jumbo, the park's new attraction. Uh, from my un- from what I understand, she falls in love with an amusement park attraction. <laughs> Wait, like, um, is it not a person? Like, it's just like a. Well, like the main character. No, a person, I meant like, but I believe she like falls in love with a. Is it an attraction? Or yeah, is she falls like in love. Elephant? Because it makes it. <laughs> oh, no, it's like it's a ride. No, it's a ride. But it's good. like Jumbo sounds like an elephant. Yeah, not to be confused um, with Dumbo. So yeah. 
No. Um, and then tomorrow I get access to The House of Us, which is a Korean movie. And uh, I'm going to be honest, I absolutely adore Korean cinema. I have not seen a Korean movie that I have and not only loved, seen one. So movie. I will continue to keep watching. Oh, nope. Uh, I'll continue to take in Korean movies because they're all slap. Um, but the plot of this one is a girl from a troubled family befriends two younger girls and begins to feel a sense of normalcy as they go adventuring at the seaside. Um, so excited for that. Uh, and then also tomorrow I have the sound of metal, which is a heavy metal drummer's life is thrown into free fall when he begins to lose his hearing. And this stars Riz Ahmed, um, from, he is in, he's in Rogue One. Everybody probably, that's where people would know him from. He plays oh, okay. Bodhi Rook in that. Um, and he was also in a movie that I will always recommend to people Four lions. If you want a really fucking good comedy, that's about uh, a group of, Jihadist terrorist trying to launch a, a, an attack on England. Great movie uh, and great social commentary there. And Riz Ahmed is a star in that movie. So I'm looking forward to this. It looks really good. Um, what else do I have? I have two documentaries. The first one is 40 Years a Prisoner, which is it chronicles the controversial 1978 police, uh, Philadelphia police raid on the radical back to nature, uh, nature group move. And the aftermath that led to a son's decade-long fight to free his parents. Mm, that sounds really good. Um, and for those interested, that will also be debuting on HBO Max oh, cool, at the end cool, of the cool, year. Cool. So um, th- you will be able to see that. Uh, the other one is MLK FBI, which is um, based on newly declassified files. Sam Pollard's movie explores the U.S. government's surveillance and harassment of Martin Luther King oh, wow. Jr. Um, so that one should be good. Uh, Black Bear starring mm-hmm. Aubrey Plaza is uh what is this um at a remote lake house in age oh god i can't pronounce that it's in some mountains couple uh entertains an out okay maybe um a couple entertains an out-of-town guest looking for inspiration in her filmmaking the group quickly falls into a calculated game of desire manipulation and jealously uh, unaware of how dangerously convoluted their lives will soon become in the filmmaker's pursuit of a work of art, which blurs the boundaries between autobiography and invention. Uh, I love Aubrey Plaza, so that I will take cool. that 100%. Uh, Sylvie's Love, uh, which is Sylvie has a summer romance with a saxophonist who takes a summer job at her father's record store in Harlem. When they reconnect years later, they discover that their feelings for each other have not faded with the years. This is a romance movie. Um, and stars Tessa Thompson from Thor Ragnarok and Westworld. Love her. So I will also gladly watch this. Um, and then I have my big one for this uh, film festival is Minari or Minari. Don't know how to pronounce it. Um, but it stars Stephen Young from The Walking Dead, uh, Burning, um, Sorry to Bother You. Um, you know, you would know him as Glenn mm-hmm. from The Walking Dead. <laughs> this is uh, the new A24 movie. Um, and A24 rarely disappoints with the movies they put out. And, uh, yeah, uh, this is a tender and sweeping story about what roots us. Minari follows a Korean American family that moves to a tiny Arkansas farm in search of their own American dream. The family home changes completely with the arrival of their sly, foul mouthed but incredibly loving grandmother, uh, amidst the instability and challenges of this new life in the rugged Ozarks. Minari shows the undeniable resilience of family and what really makes a home. So that is my film festival for this year, and I will be watching all these movies over the course of the next week or two. 
Um, so I'm very excited for this. And actually, as soon as this podcast ends, I'm going to go watch Jumbo. So maybe on the uh, Dynamite podcast this week, I'll tell everybody what I think about yeah, the, uh, the Ferris nice. Or you can the... hop on the Impact Power Hour and... We can just we can just True. make impact. Uh, imp- yeah, every yeah. week I'll come on and talk um, about impact movies. power hour movie hour. Yeah, basically, this was a fun um, episode. So yeah, uh, if you yeah if you haven't watched Borat, go out of your way to watch it. It's on Amazon it's worth Prime. Um, I recommend yeah I recommend sitting down to watch this. It's also only an hour and a half, so it's not a long watch. Um. Yeah, it's again, it's 100% worth it. And yeah, uh, don't don't forget mm-hmm. to vote if you're in the US. Mm-hmm. You still have yep. time, so be sure to vote. Uh, use your right, do the right thing. Uh, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, subscribe, follow us over on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, as per the normal, we'll be back on Tuesday for Impact and Wednesday for Dynamite. Um, and then coming up after that, we do have Power Struggle for New Japan, which we will have a review for. And AW's full gear, we will also have a review for. Both of those are on the same day, but they'll be separate reviews. So keep an eye out for those. But as per the usual, the normal schedule is just Tuesday, Impact Review, Wednesday. Yeah, and uh, just your weekly Uh, reminder, uh, fuck WWE. And uh, I am your (laughs) interim champion. Rob, Rob's a coward. And (laughs) if you're a company, if you are a wrestling company or any company, you're running a pay-per-view. It is not smart. It is not good business to decide, oh, we're going to announce our matches the goddamn day of. Also, Otis is going down as the worst money in the bank holder. I will fucking die on that grave. Um, Nope. I think you're right. Because there's no hill. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's going to do it for this podcast. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this, uh, very long episode, but you know, it was worth it. Um, so for me, uh, thank you for joining us, Ryan and Joey. Is it any last words? Ryan, you already said, Uh, yes, everyone have a good day, uh, night or wherever you are in the world. And, uh, we'll talk to you next time. One last thing. Yes. This is wrestling related. Uh, if you are going to check out a match that isn't Impact AEW WWE related, check out from Road to Power Struggle on Friday because we didn't do a review for it. Um, the six-man tag belt match uh, between Suzuki Goon and Chaos. Chef's yeah. fucking kiss. Absolutely. Uh, I put it personally as my second best tag match of the year behind uh the young bucks uh versus omega and page from revolution um i know joey said he really really loved it pat hasn't watched it uh but yeah everybody it's very enjoyable if you don't think much of doki you will think a lot of him now because it's just a phenomenal match by performance by him Mm -hmm. um which definitely helps leading up to best of super juniors because most likely he'll be in it because he's a junior. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening to the podcast. We will Night. talk to you guys next time. Night.